Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Freed from Feminism. I'm Beth. I'm Teresa. And today we are going to be talking about movies and television and feminism. So this, yes, so this topic I think is interesting because you might say, well, movies and television are fake, right? They're not real life, so why does it matter? But even though they are um, fake, they are a reflection of our lives and they can be used to push an agenda. So in this episode, we'll examine more of how we've seen movies and television trying to push the feminist agenda. Yeah, and it's it's been really interesting thinking and just doing even cursory research on this subject, Beth, because it's really, really easy to come up with examples of feminist propaganda in the last, you know, what, 25 years, obviously, mm-hmm. especially so in the last like 10. But when you really start thinking about um, this subject going back in the decades, we're talking about seriously feminist stuff going back to when TV first started. Mm-hmm. That sounds crazy. <laughs> that sounds crazy. I'm like, okay, they are just so sensitive to this subject. Like, come on, really? Yeah. But I think we, we've we gotten a little desensitized as a culture to a lot of things, but um, one of them being just feminist propaganda in the, these media forms. And before you question my use of the word propaganda, I will explain what I mean by that is this is not accidental. You know, it's not like... Um, they're just trying to be funny or they're just trying to be, um, you know, to tell a certain version of a story. If you look into it, this was a movement to get the culture and to get society used to um, viewing women in a more utilitarian, quote unquote, equal way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there are, there are very explicit examples of that, like Disney um, and certain certain singular television shows or such. But if you take them as a whole, it it's not like I said, it's not accidental. This this is actually propaganda that they have very cleverly found out that they have very cleverly realized is best served to children mm-hmm. because with everything you you're a sponge when you're a child right yeah you soak it all up and you don't know what to discard and what to keep and um so i think as we'll see in this conversation it's um it's fairly diabolical how successful this movement has been yeah and i think it's important to note that it is it matters like yes television is fake but we don't realize how much we soak up from television specifically kids they don't kids don't really understand that television isn't real life like that the person that they're seeing on the tv isn't like somebody they know 
Like they think they know that person, you know, mm-hmm. and we as adults know that. But even as adults, you can things that you watch will influence you, whether you know it or not. Absolutely. And especially if you're in a vulnerable a time in your life or a depressed time in your life or a um, stressful time in your life and you're using television to kind of um, relax, but also for someone to identify with, maybe mm-hmm. even adults can be prey to that. Yeah. Grown adults, you know, uh, probably of any age, but especially, I would say, in 20s and even beyond. Mm -hmm. So what is one of the primary ways you see this? Like, What kind of character do you see portrayed or what actions do the female characters take that you think is pushing this agenda? Well, let's start. First of all, with Disney, because okay. Disney was the kind of, you know, it's, it was producing cartoons back in 1930s. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, it came to explode with, I believe, Snow White was the first one, wasn't it? It wasn't. I think so. Yeah, I think Snow White. And so the first couple movies um, are lovely. Right. Despite their humanist um, Freemason origins, I'm not we're not even going to touch that. But um, just talking about the dynamic between the male and female, um, realizing whether there were any any uh, feminist propaganda there. There wasn't. I mean, if you think about it, Cinderella is this wonderful, beautiful, feminine, humble, kind woman who is then saved by her knight in shining armor, the prince. Same thing happens with Sleeping Beauty. Same thing happens with Snow White. So the first few are beautiful, and it got you, got the entire country and world hooked. I mean, it exploded, right? Mm-hmm. And so as time wore on, though, Disney intentionally started to insert different storylines, Obviously, the script changed and the characters themselves changed to be more independent, more powerful, show the world that they didn't need any help, especially from a man. So we have those those three I just mentioned. Uh, and, uh, examples of what I'm talking about now are The Little Mermaid. The Little Mermaid is this, you know, beautiful uh, somewhat kind mermaid who then wants to disobey her father and reject her kingdom to go be independent and, you know, walk on land, right? <laughs> have you heard the original Little Mermaid? I don't know if I have. I think Disney did. So, okay. I think most of these Disney ones had, um, like they had the original myth and they kind of, uh, what Just do you say? Changed it. They, they, for... they kind of made it children appropriate where they. Right. Got gotcha. The yeah. violence. Cause I think if I remember correctly, the original little mermaid, she's supposed to murder the prince at some point and then chooses not to. <laughs> yeah. And he goes and falls, like he becomes her friend, but then he like falls in love with another, 
he chooses to marry another girl or something, and that's why she's murdering him. And, like, her sisters try to come to save her, and her grandmother is there, and there's this whole backstory about how long mermaids live versus humans and stuff like that. So it's very different <laughs> than that the so Disney one. But I would agree with how they, the Disney one, like, in the original, she does abandon her life to go to the prince. Um but it was to extend her life in some way, I think, or something like that. I'd have to look at it again. But um Well, if you look I, at the lyrics, let me bring up the lyrics. The actually, lyrics yeah, and I feel like song. the way they dress her and stuff, too, is, like, you know, feminist there. Like, she's a little scanty compared to how Cinderella was dressed. So, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so those different things. So, yeah, I definitely see the, the elements in The Little Mermaid. But I think... Disney, I don't know if it was probably the best myth to choose to try to make it to a children's story when you hear the original. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so the, these are the, the lyrics to the famous um, Part of Your World song of The Little Mermaid. Maybe he's right. Maybe there is something the matter with me. I just don't see how a world that makes such wonderful things could be bad. Look at this stuff. Isn't it neat? Wouldn't you think my collection's complaining? She goes into... Um, gadgets and gizmos aplenty up where they walk up where they run up where they stay all day in the sun wandering free wish I could be part of that world what would I give if I could live out of these waters what would I pay to spend a day warm in the sand betcha on land they understand they don't reprimand their daughters bright young women sick of swimming ready to stand mm-hmm. So is it subtle? Eh, sort of subtle. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, if you're looking at it now, it doesn't seem as subtle. But when you're, you know, 10, whenever this came out, or 8 or 5, it's not going to be, you're not going to understand what's going on. You're just going to, oh, wow, she just wants to, you know, go explore this new world and everything's going to be so wonderful. And she just wants to be with the love of her life, blah, 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 blah. But really what they're saying is your father doesn't matter. You should disobey him and break free of the shackles of your upbringing, you know, be a different person, be the ready to stand, right? Stand on your own two feet. What, what do you think stand means? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, so I was looking up, so The Little Mermaid was, is written by Hans Christian Andersen. Oh, And it was published in 1837. So yeah, no, I agree. Like, I think there's not much redemption you can do to the original tale either. (laughs) It's pretty bad to be. Pretty intense. Yep. There you go. Yeah. Well, so another example, that's just one. Another more obvious example is Mulan, a woman who doesn't want to get married and she, but main the main storyline is that she wants to save her family by enlisting pretending she's a man enlisting in the Chinese army to fight Genghis Khan I think yeah that's that actually right? there's an original story to Mulan as well absolutely but when you put it into a movie yeah and when you glorify this cuz they all forget the and- key note that she becomes like a lovely housewife in the end. Well, she doesn't stay a warrior. Yeah. She, she like becomes a nice housewife. Like that's not important. Let's drop that and like embrace female warrior. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she, the, the key part of that story is 
that she becomes the savior. She becomes the knight in shining armor. Mm-hmm. You know, she has help from men. And I'm sure, you know, she's saved once or twice by a man during the story. But the ultimate hero is Mulan, right? So if you contrast Mulan with Sleeping Beauty, the two storylines and the, and the two ideas they're trying to get across of what little girls should be are diametrically opposed to yeah. each other. Like if you're going to come up with a myth like or a movie based off an old myth for little girls, like why choose these two to begin with? Right. And yeah. then the way that they, what they took from those stories and the agenda that they pushed from these two characters it's like you could say, oh, well, you know, it's an old fashioned story. There's, you know, there's nothing wrong with it, but you're marketing it towards little girls. Like a little girl is going to watch Mulan or the Little Mermaid. And what is she going to learn from it? And that's right. the point. Like she's not going to learn what we want her to learn. <laughs> she's going to see Mulan and think, oh, I'm going to go fight and yeah. <laughs> be a warrior. She's not going to think. Oh, I should honor my father, which might have been the original purpose of the 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 tale, but it's not in any way portrayed that way in the Disney movies. Yeah. Right. And maybe we should just stop to kind of explain why we're ragging on these these shows, because it sounds like we're such um, buzzkills. <laughs> Mm -hmm. (laughs) like just trying to ruin all media for women who who are trying to be feminine that's not the point at all like I haven't decided my my husband and I have not decided whether we're going to show these um, videos to our our daughter yet I think if we do it will be much later when they fully understand we can explain to them yeah you know the errors in this and why this idea is bad why this idea is good but it's because these things matter like Beth said these the ideas portrayed in these TV shows and movies they enter your mind as reality or even if it's not reality, it's something to strive for. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, if you're a 10 or 12 year old girl, you know, a cartoon is a reality. You're old enough to know that. But the storyline, the character of the men and women in the film, you're paying attention to. Yep. You're realizing that the heroine, oh, she's brash. She's wanting to be powerful. She can fight. She's independent. That's what we're talking about. And so when you start with Disney and then end with what, you know, the other sitcoms and hallmarks that we're about to talk about, it's a lifetime of propaganda that's worked into your brain that tells you women should be like men. Yeah. And men will love you for it. And it just gets more blatant. Like if you think, oh, these older ones, it's, you know, maybe, maybe not. Like think Zootopia. If any, have you seen that one? No, I haven't. In that one, they have the main girl. She's a little bunny rabbit. She wants to leave her hometown to go be a cop in the big city. Ah. A girl wants to leave her hometown and go be a cop. Like natural little girl is to me, that's pretty blatant what they're trying to push there. Right. If you're a little girl watching this, you always want to be those characters. Right. Why do little girls want to be princesses? Because they watch the 
princess movie. They want to be what that character is, yes, right? Right. So you know, she's, they're going to see that and think, oh, I want to do what that character's doing. And that's the problem. It's like, what are the females doing in these? And are they characters we'd want our daughters to aspire to? And yeah. men, because the men are sometimes pretty, they take a backseat sometimes to all these strong female characters in a lot of these. Oh, yeah. Movies. Oh, once we get to Hallmark, oh, my gosh, I'm going to talk about that. Like, that's just, oh, uh, that's ridiculous. Yeah. But so, like you just mentioned, okay, so if Disney, all right, you know, we can just give them a pass. There are so many good things about Disney. Let's just, you know, all right, what what else do you have, you know? All right, well, let's talk about sitcoms, not just like modern day sitcoms like Alias. Wow, I'm aging myself. Alias is not, I guess, <laughs> super. <laughs> like, I loved Alias back when I was in my early 20s. Um, but Alias in like. Oh, but that, that's pretty clear. <laughs> if anybody knows, she's like the, you know, tough female. Oh, yeah. CIA agent, she kicks and punches everyone and she kills yeah. everyone. Anyways. Um, <laughs> So what's in my, what's a one that's on right now that's super feminist? Like, um, I don't know as many modern sitcoms. I'm like, you know, I'm thinking like old fashioned ones. I'm like Gilmore Girls. I'm like, nope, that was early. Oh, well, like, <laughs> <laughs> um, gosh, I don't, we don't watch TV anymore, so I don't even know. I, was, all right. Yeah, I've seen a few. I'm trying to think. So what I watched was not very good um, at all. So I won't mention it. <laughs> all of them are terrible. Like you watch them and the jokes are horrible and like everything is just ugh. So then you oh forgot. okay, well no, let's take Friends then. Everyone, it's not super modern, but it's everybody knows. I everyone knows, but that. I've known it's not something I should probably watch. Oh really? Oh my gosh! Yeah. All right. Unfortunately, I've watched pretty much all of it. Um, so if you take friends, it's super obvious what they're trying to do. Like she doesn't marry the guy, whether or not she shouldn't, that's, that's not the point. She, you know, Jennifer Aniston doesn't marry the guy. She wants to break free from her family and, you know, be independent, not have to count on daddy's money and just be her own. And then she lives a life of sexual exploration for the next 10 years before she has a baby with Ross and um, finally gets back together with him. Yeah. And that's from the first episode until the last. Sorry to <laughs> be a that spoiler. That sounds like haven't. Gilmore Girls, too, because I always loved Gilmore Girls, because the wittiness and the cute mother-daughter thing, but it's the same thing. She's all about career and bouncing around with the guys, you know? Yeah, and, and I mean, this was, um, Gilmore Girls was early 2000s, you said? Yeah. Friends was um, mid-90s to, I guess, 2010 or whatever. And so those were like modern ones that were fairly explicitly feminist. But as I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, you don't get this just in the last 25 years. Even going back to black and white sitcoms. Have you ever watched any of those, Beth? Like Dick Van Dyke, oh, Andy yeah. Griffith, um, Leave it to Beaver. I'm trying to think. Black and white. Twilight Zone is the black Twilight and white one Zone. I've seen. So. <laughs> yeah, that's an exception. That's, yeah. that's a cool show. Mm-hmm. But we, my family, watched the heck out of anything black and white, TV show, movie, early, you know, 30s, 40s, 50s movies were our thing kind of yeah. thing. And because we weren't allowed to watch anything, because even back in, you know, the 90s, TV was horrible. So my mom and dad were smart enough to be like, mm, yeah, we're not doing TV. 
<laughs> but so we watched stuff back then. And little did we all know that, I mean, take even I read an, an article just um, a few minutes ago about Dick Van Dyke. And I remembered watching the episodes and I was completely shocked. They were right. Mary Tyler Moore's character, who is the wife of Dick Van Dyke's character, even though she's this wonderful, talented, um, kind, sweet, stay at home wife and mother, she is there's this constant friction between her and her husband about because they were both performers before they got married. So he's in the business still, you know, writing and producing instead of um, dancing and singing. And, you know, she's now at home. And so she kind of misses it. And she's very jealous of him sometimes. And so it's there's a friction there. And even back then, they were writing into the scripts this like there's more to motherhood. There's more to wife them than just, you know, making meatloaf and uh, folding laundry, you know, you can do this. You can, you can once in a while go and, and be on Broadway or whatever. Mm -hmm. I was like, Oh my gosh, that's right. It was so crazy. Yeah. No, I, I think that people think those black and white movies are innocent because they're back in the day and they don't have as much obviously degenerate things that you see in today's movies and TV shows. But there's still, you know, I mean, and some people might say, oh, well, they're only trying to sympathize with people. You know, maybe they were trying to reach out to those housewives back then who felt that way. Or like I always see in like mainly in like 90s sitcoms and stuff, too, or even in modern day, there's always this feud between the teenage daughter and her dad and her dad reflects back on the days that she was young and wanted him. And, you know, it's those are all things that like while they might have a a bit of a resemblance to real life, you can still push a result, right? You can still make Mary Tyler Moore choose to be upset and do something about it or, you know, go off to Broadway or not go off to Broadway kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, I haven't seen Dick Van Dyke enough to know how they wrote it, but like you could still make the characters do different things. Yeah. And it was very it's very sinister because I my I was my mom's like favorite television. So so I think I watched mm-hmm. the majority of those, too. And it's not every episode. It's not even every like 10th episode. But the episodes it does happen, it so jolts you, you know, even it, even when you're young, it like it jolts you out of weight. Well, so she's unhappy. She doesn't like doing what she's doing like she feels like there's a hole in her or something mm-hmm. and it, it does kind of rock you a little bit at, at, at every age you know yeah and then there's this other um sitcom a little bit later called that girl and it was right when i think um colorized tv shows came came to the television mm-hmm. and it starred marlo thomas and um i think the mid um, to late 60s and it i think it's probably the first explicitly feminist tv show out there because basically from start to end it's nothing but the girl leaves home to make it big in new york city she gets mm-hmm. her own apartment she finds a really sweet boyfriend who's very supportive of her career and herself, but 
eventually he wants to get married and this relationship is strung on and strung on and strung on the, the entire show and at the end everyone's expecting they'll get together she's you know she'll be done with her career or you know they'll work something out mm-hmm. no i think they break up and the, either either they leave it hanging or they break up and they do not get married at the very end or even if they do i am a spoilers to things have you seen parks and recreation oh yeah yeah Okay, yeah, feminists there, and, you know, people think, oh, Leslie Nope is so just fun-loving and stuff like that, but, like, clearly feminists wanting to be next female president and being obsessed with her career. In the end, yeah, she gets married and has kids, but how does she manage that with all the children? Yeah, like, especially her husband twins, has to take right? a backseat. Yeah, she has, like, triplets or something like that. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and then, like, how her husband would have to take a backseat in his career. Like, there's no way. And they don't show that. Like, they don't show these things. This is like you you, people think, oh, it's just a reflection on real life in ways. Like I said, but like you can you can try to make things different. You're the writers. You can do whatever you want with the show. (laughs) And instead, they try to make it seem like this is normal. This is okay. You should act this way. And again, like I said, you should act this way. This is good. This this will make you feel good. This will make you feel empowered, independent, and break free from all tradition and patriarchy. Mm-hmm. And that men will still like you. Yeah. This is not like the moment you become feminist, you're not interested in men anymore. No, you still are. And they trick you. To say that men will still be, in fact, they will be more interested in you if you're independent and and powerful on your own. They're attracted to that. Never like when the female characters start to make the first move on the relationship that they like with the guy. Because what does that teach? That I've seen women who then think, oh, well, I like a guy. Should I tell him first? Like maybe not being as forward as the girl in the movies and tv shows are you know but still it's like you know like and in the movies and tv shows it's like the guy likes it and the guy's like oh i liked you too and it'll happily ever after like no (laughs) that's not what would happen like (laughs) and if it does it's just sets the tone for a disordered relationship yes who's the leader (laughs) who's the leader then like anyways Let's go to modern sitcoms, though, because it's so achingly obvious. And let's talk a little bit more about men. Like, what do you see happening in modern sitcoms, Beth, to men that would reinforce the feminist propaganda? Sometimes I just don't like how the men aren't manly. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Oh, like, yeah. Okay. To One, it's not quite as modern, but The Office. Have you seen that? Do not tell me the office is not modern. I may start crying. That is a relevant show. (laughs) Well, it's really popular nowadays, but like it it used to air, you know, it aired a while back. It's it's not. (laughs) Anyway, yeah, it's back then. I feel old right now. Okay, so like there's this one episode, right, that I had seen recently where Jim is sitting in the office and Roy is really upset at Jim because I think Jim had like kissed Pam or something like that, right? So Roy comes storming oh, in yeah. and he's going to go beat up Jim. And so yeah. Dwight pulls out his mace and pepper sprays, <laughs> you know, and yes. saves the day. Right. And everybody's like, oh, yeah. woohoo, Dwight. And, and yeah. they're like, oh, 
so sorry, Jim. Like, you almost got beat up, you know? Oh, how scary. And I'm like, what? Like, wimpy Jim? Like, <laughs> that's not what I you know. want in a man. It should have been, like, they should be, like, berating Jim for the fact that he couldn't, like, stand up to this guy. Like, <laughs> instead, they were like, oh, there, there, Jim. You almost got beat up. Good thing Dwight had his pepper spray. Like, okay, that's just, like, one example. But I'm like, what's yeah. up with these men? Like, they're not, they're, no, like. No, there, there are more examples in the office, too. I mean, think about when, when Pam and Jim actually get married. She She decides she wants to actually, you know, advance in her career and she becomes a salesman and competes with Jim. Yeah. <laughs> Very true. Yeah. And then yeah, so if then if the men aren't like that, they're just like I'm trying to think what other examples like how we see men portrayed. They usually like they don't they don't do much. It's always like the female is the star. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Do you see men demeaned at all? Like, I'm trying to think of examples to think of how I see men, because I would agree there are, there are definitely examples where they're kind of berated. Um, like, you, like everybody loves Raymond, you know. That is the exact one I was going to say. Yeah, I've heard. Oh, I've, my I've, gosh. I remember watching it with my parents when I was younger, so I don't remember as much, but I do know that it's kind of. That I can't watch it. Great. The, I the can't watch it. Well. Yeah, exactly. The me- there are members of my family that adore that show for other reasons, like mm-hmm. the the grandparents are hilarious, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But I can't watch it simply for how she talks to Ray. Oh, my word. I just want to slap her. <laughs> like, <laughs> she treats him like an utter child. There Ray can't so do shows. anything right. Yeah, that they just, the, the wife is naggy. Around that mm-hmm. time period, it was always naggy wife. Yeah, that that's true. It does seem like the 90s was filled with, that was the stereotype. Even in um, what was supposed to be kind of like a masculine uh, man and and a rational female relationship on like home improvement. Do you remember that one? Yeah. yeah I with Tim that. Allen, and he mm-hmm. was like this, ho, 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 you know, yeah. like manly male. <laughs> tool but, guy. Yeah, Tim the two man Taylor. Yeah. Um, even he, even his wife on that, like, had to show him up all the time. Mm-hmm. And he played it up for comedic purposes because he is, I know in real life, because he has this new show. I know in real life he's a conservative Christian guy who who likes the dynamic between. But even so, at least in Home Improvement, the man was always showed up like it was only a, a bravado, like the manliness was never truly masculine and never was truly noble and truly to be respected. It was always like this persona that can yeah. be kind of discarded when someone has a problem with it, you know? Yeah. I think with his, was his modern day one last man standing. Yes. I think yeah. I've only seen an episode or two, but I had mentioned before the relationship between the fathers and teenage daughters in these shows. That's something that I never like because it just teaches like, what does it teach the teenage girls? Like defy your dad, run around. Guys are always going to go after you. They're always losers in the show, but like, it's still like how she dresses, how she acts. Like that's not, so what you want your teenage daughter to be like. That's a good point. Yeah. It's, it is always portrayed as a very combative 
tension-filled relationship between specifically the dads and the children, but really everyone. Yeah. Like very much so more the dads, but it's, it's never a happy family. Like it's never a well-ordered family and dad is, is disregarded and mocked and disobeyed and, you know, everything just will work out in the end. Or he's and, distant. You know, like he's not there. Oh, either he's not there or he's distant. Like, have you seen the middle? Mm-mm. Okay. Well, that's, that's got the same lady from everybody loves Raymond, but the dad in that oh. one is just kind of like just distant. Like he doesn't have, like he doesn't, it's his teenage daughter is the one that always like wants to hang out with him. And he's just like, okay. Like he'd rather just go have a beer and hang with his teenage son. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like it's, it's not, it's comedic and everything and the whole movie. So it's not supposed to be like, like terribly sad or anything, but it's just, I don't know. Like they don't, it doesn't, you don't look at that and think that's a good example for your, you know, husband to be like that. For sure. You know? Yeah. That's a good point. I, all you have to do is, is turn on virtually any modern sitcom and the male is portrayed as distant, like you said, mocked, belittled, nagged. Not strong in any not way. Strong, not, <laughs> not strong, strong in any way. Or on the opposite end, a total and complete jerk. You know, I'm thinking of, you know, cop shows or something like that, which is also not accurate. <laughs> like, they're, they're not just nice, upstanding masculine men. You know, which feeds into the narrative of the feminist propaganda of men bad. Yep. So shall we move on to Hallmark? Yes. Let's talk about Hallmark. Do you even watch Hallmark? Yes. I am a sucker for a Hallmark movie because sometimes, okay, I sometimes I just want to watch a TV show. I really like TV, which I probably shouldn't like it as much, like we said, because there's just so many, besides just feminism, so many things that they're pushing and it can be a waste of time in ways. But I just want to watch something that I know is not going to be like cuss words every two seconds or sexual scenes or, yeah. you know, like I just want to watch something a little bit more gentle. <laughs> so yes. you switch on the Hallmark movie channel. Cause it's supposed <laughs> to be the safe place, you know? Yes, yes. And it is, because I totally understand that. My husband and I, once we got married, we kind of cut TV out of our lives completely for a while. And when we started reintroducing it, we realized that, you know, we kind of came to this conclusion about all this stuff, about how horrible television was, like all of it. And so we migrated to the Hallmark Channel, and we both were so excited. We were like, oh, my gosh, this is our place. Your husband will actually watch the Hallmark channel. Oh, my word. He's so good about it. Oh, I don't think he's it's so not. sweet. My husband likes the, the, he always wants me to watch these, like, beat em up kind of movies and stuff, like John Wick. Well, <laughs> like, we've, John we Wick watched plenty like, of those, too. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. Like, what, that's what usually the, the one ones he so- picks out. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, what's the one with Sylvester Stallone? The Expendables? I think we watched oh, that all, one? Okay. all yeah. three of those in the last month <laughs> since Easter. <laughs> yeah. My husband doesn't like to watch a lot of TV. So when he does, that's like the only things he'll watch. So <laughs> gotcha. Well, once, you know, he, I, I succeed in 
in um, getting him to watch Hallmark frequently because he is a doll and so sweet to me. Mm-hmm. And w- what is exciting to both of us, though, is that, like you said, there's like virtually nothing objectionable. Like, yeah, <laughs> we're like, oh, my word, this is wonderful. Until you started watching a lot of them and the themes of what we're talking about start coming up. And it's so disappointing because it's like this was supposed to be the safe place. You know, this was supposed to be, you know, how how can you expect any anyone or anything to be not feminist nowadays? But it was just. So, yeah, the plot line in most of the Hallmark movies is. Girl tries to live big city life, <laughs> comes back home to small town. There's usually a holiday going on. And then she has to do something like either the guy has a kid, you know, and she bonds with that child and then eventually falls in love with the guy. Or she's got to save the town bakery that her mom and grandmother used to run or something like that. Right. <laughs> but it always is like she is tough feminist lady. And in a sense, it's good because she kind of says like no to that but she's like the guy doesn't the guys always go for these girls and then like why like they, he could probably could have found a nice lady who stayed there in the town and didn't go run off to go get career life <laughs> you know like he probably yeah. could have been settled down with two or three kids by now <laughs> but he's like no I loved you like they knew each other back in the day or something like <laughs> hmm yeah. Yeah, and that's that I guess is my whole issue with Hallmark now is that they're so formulaic, they're so unbelievable, they're so silly mm-hmm. and like just fun. That's really 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 easy to just be like whatever. Like I don't even care like to just pass it off and not even think about it. Yeah. But I remember watching them when I was single. And I couldn't watch a lot of them because at that time it put ideas in my head of what a relationship would be like or um, what not even a relationship, but the female male dynamic would mm-hmm. be like. And it just reinforces the men will still fall in love with you if you're a snarky, empowered, independent you know, brash female. Yep. They will. And they'll fall in love with you forever and they'll still put up with all of your crud. And <laughs> so that was dangerous. So I, I actually realized that while I was single, but what I didn't realize is, you know, how they portray men again, like you said, is just, it's kind of just um, a standby character of non-importance. He's there because someone has to be. <laughs> He doesn't have any heroic qualities. He doesn't have any truly masculine qualities. He's just there to be the emotional support to the lead character, who is a woman Mm -hmm. finding herself. Yeah. Or they sometimes I feel like they make him like super stand up, like the whole town loves him and adores him. And like, you know, but then again, like he had he has this pick of the lot back home. But he waited 10 years for this lady to come back. Yeah. 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 It, I, it's Hallmark. Like, you can't, yeah. you can't think too much about the, the plot lines or plot holes because um, you could fill a book. 
kids little book. Yeah. So is there any good portrayals of women or men that you've seen? In, in Hallmark or in No, in, in anything. General? In anything. Is there anything that you've seen where you were like, oh wow. Like this was, to me, every time I think of maybe an example, it's like, oh, well, only this one character and not until like season five where she does this. You know, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of course, like there are so many good um, examples. Um, I'd have to think about the one that comes to mind is is actually my favorite movie, which is The Sound of Music, because you have this beautiful dynamic between, you know, Captain Von Trapp, who is, I mean, incredibly masculine and you know, a little too harsh maybe on his children, but for a reason, just lost his wife. Mm-hmm. Very sad, you know, and then you have this tender hearted, kind, sweet, you know, virtuous Maria who is pouring her heart out with the children. And, you know, it's this beautiful love story. And I just, it's, she doesn't compete with him, even though, she stands up to him when he needs to be stood up to, you know, mm-hmm. and his masculinity is never in doubt. That's good. I, I just love that. I love. And there are plenty of other um, examples. I'll have to start thinking about them. What about you? Do you have a, the a, only a one movie? I can, or? The one I can think of right now is It's a Wonderful Life. My dad made me watch that one every Christmas. Uh, and the, the thing that I'd like to know is how they portray George's wife. Right. Mary, Mary, she's not she's just at home with the kids and George losing it like George needs some help. And she just patiently waits and encourages him. She's so, so that portrayal, I think, was really great. Uh, oh, yeah. And it's absolutely. And I love how they they start out really like dirt poor and they make the most of it. And it's this mm-hmm. it's this essence of what marriage should be you know right. you and don't need anything else except each other it's just and, yeah beautiful. and then it's like she isn't it okay i'm trying to remember now too i've seen it so much but like <laughs> she you know she likes him right in the beginning too and, and he was there and she like sets everything up so she's trying to like drop the hint like she's not making the first move but she's trying to like drop the hint like hey George, you know yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, that's nice right compared to nowadays where it's just the girl just you know outright goes and pursues the man like there's no yeah. doubt about it so that, that those are always nice things to see absolutely like the the art of being female was on display there yep that was really nice i didn't even think about uh, positive examples, but we should have, and maybe you sh- we should make another episode about those positive examples because <laughs> I don't want to leave it here, but I, I don't, I personally, I don't have a solution because it's just the society we live in. It's um, I could just say that what we're doing as a family is, and it's going to be so controversial, even with my extended family, um, especially my friends and, and others, is we just don't do television mm-hmm. like at all virtually. Uh, we don't subscribe to cable. We, you know, like we purchase um, Hallmark movies once in a while. Um, 
but we're really trying to just like detox from the television anyway, but it's inevitable. Like our children are going to watch TV in their lifetimes. <laughs> it's going to happen. So um, I guess our strategy is just to kind of introduce it to them very, very carefully in the sense of, you know, at the right time in their lives and only very specific things fully knowing they're going to explore on their own once they're adults, Mm -hmm. just hopefully training them enough to pay attention to what they're watching and to not be duped by, you know, any form of media, but specifically TV and movies that, yes, this is not real life, but also pay attention to how they're treating each other you know, the storyline, etc., because they're trying to tell you something with every scene, every movie, everything. Yeah. So that, you know, that's that's what we're doing. But um, it, it really did help us to kind of realize the damage that's been done in in TVs and movies on our families, because that's what it really is about. It's the Mm -hmm. destruction of the family, the disunion of the family. Realizing that has been such, it's actually such a burden being lifted off because you don't have to participate in that. You don't have to participate in that, you know, disorder and you don't have to have a disunified family. You can kind of separate yourself from that so that that's been a, a super big silver lining to all this. So what about you? Um, what is your strategy about this or what what ideas do you have to to kind of counteract this huge media empire that's trying to tell us? Yeah. Well, things. same with you with children from what we've seen, like children, apparently television can really affect their brains, like just television in general. We're not talking about bad stuff. And even if you found like really good stuff. Television is just not good for a developing child. I think up until like the age of five to seven or something like that. Yeah. Um, so for us, it's just kind of like, okay, we should just not just no television then. And then very select few things um, always shown for us. It's more, it's less about the, uh, the content, but also like how you treat television Mm, so our goal right. would be, and these are all our just our goals right now because you know, our kid's little, but that it's something we do as a family, right? It's a pre-screened movie mm, that we yeah. approve of that we could sit down and watch. And then I also feel like with books, too, you have to try to pre-screen some of these things <laughs> as much mm-hmm. as you can. I think more you have children and stuff, it might be difficult to pre-screen everything. But you teaching these lessons at home you know, what does this mean? Um, like what things to watch for. Uh, so if there is something bad, you can be like, well, why do you think the character is doing that? Was that a good choice? You know? Um, mm-hmm. uh, and then like for myself, yeah, like you, like my husband's not as into TV as I am. So like he has a select couple TV shows that we'll watch and like the stuff that's bad in them. It's just kind of we just ignore it, you know? Or I'll yeah. watch stuff on my own and I'll just be like, okay. And I try to find things that are not as like terrible, <laughs> you know, because that right. was just horrible. And then the other ones, I'll just kind of be like, oh, it's annoying that they make that character do this. They should be having her do this instead, you know. So that's usually yeah. how I do it. But I think to note on that, it wasn't until like all 
all this came to light to me that I realized how evident this is. Like I said, I used to love Gilmore Girls. Um, and there were other shows I'd watch too. And I went back and I was like, oh, I used to watch this. And I click on it and I watch like an episode. And I'm like, what was I watching? Like, you know, oh, I know. You go back and you think, well, I didn't see that. Or look how she's oh, acting. Gosh, or, yeah. you know, why didn't this, like, why didn't I think of this before? Why didn't this bother me? So, yeah. But I agree with you. It's hard because if you are going to watch it, it's like, it, it just, there's barely anything out there that's halfway decent for you to watch that doesn't have something that's not good being pushed with it, you know? Yeah. And that is why we keep our, I keep watching Hallmark because there are yeah. a lot more. I mean, what, what would you say? The really like super annoying ones are maybe 30 to 40% of them. The rest are just silly, <laughs> you know, <Yeah>. <laughs> silly fun that um, maybe it's more than 30 or 40 percent, but it doesn't matter. There mm. are still a lot of really good ones out there that you don't have to worry about. It's so because like you, I I look back at what I watched when I was in my 20s and I am so deeply ashamed. Uh, it was just awful because my parents did that super Right. They, you know, sounded the alarm on how bad TV was when I when we were very young. And uh, but now I was just stupid when I was in college and I was just like, OK, well, I'm going to watch everything that I couldn't when I was a teenager. And see, that's that's what's oh. so difficult is is learning to teach your children like, you know, we're not it's not just because mommy and daddy say don't watch this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's tricky. It's tricky, but we're going to have help because Our Lady is there, St. Mm-hmm. Joseph is there, our guardians, angels are here, and we're going to pray for our children, and they're going to be fine. Yeah. <laughs> <gasps> well, I think we'll have to do maybe another show on this someday because uh, it's just such a relevant topic at almost any time, and um, there's lots more to say about it. But um, No, I'd be curious if... Our listeners know of anything halfway decent in case we do want to watch a movie every once in a while. <laughs> yeah, that's a good. Maybe you should do a show based on everyone's recommendations of non-feminist propaganda or just pro-family, pro-Christian value TV shows or movies. Yeah. Those recommendations. That would be really fun. So yeah, anyone yeah. listening, send us an email or DM us or send us a tweet um, with your recommendations and we'll keep a hold of them and, and try to do another episode maybe soon. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for tuning in again to our little podcast. We appreciate everyone who has gone and rated and reviewed us on iTunes. Please do so if you haven't already. Again, follow us on Twitter at Freed Feminism. Our email address is freedfromfeminism at gmail.com. And we thank you so much for listening again, and we will talk to you soon.